Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Let's Chat Markets, your favorite dairy podcast. Markets were a little confusing this week as the dairy industry awaits some new direction this summer. In the U.S., market participants have fully accepted that milk is now positive and slightly improving, while demand is relatively uncertain for a handful of products. Data releases were very light this week, and all eyes are seemingly on weather no matter where you look. Drought and heat wave concerns are back throughout Europe, which leans kind of bullish. The North Island in New Zealand is the opposite, as July rain was double what it typically would be, and paddocks are what Kiwis call puggy, which likely means very damp for the cows. And the South Island continues to combat very cold weather. I continue to read and hear that farmers do have plenty of supplemental feed on hand this month in New Zealand, should those fields not completely improve or dry out over the next couple months. The drought monitor here in the U.S. still looks pretty bad, with milk production reports from the central region of the U.S. stating that Heat has finally caught up to every region and has ultimately stifled production. Though in California, milk output really varies throughout the state. Some contacts report high temperatures and dry weather are contributing to reduced production in some areas. Meanwhile, others say milk production is rather strong and relatively weak, unchanged from week to week. On Monday, we release our updated price forecasts looking out 18 months within that report. On Tuesday, the industry will get a fresh global dairy trade auction and the executive team will hold our monthly Outlook webinar, so be sure to sign up. You can find that form at highgrounddairy.com forward slash webinar. Lucas Fees is out in Idaho today attending the Idaho Milk Processors Association annual meeting. And as a result, we have a very special guest with us today to talk about an ever-present issue across the agricultural sector. Actually, two issues in a way. I'm sure a number of things pop into your head given all the volatility around the world today, but we're going to talk about some global transportation issues, which just so happen to be made worse by labor challenges with our very own Kara Murphy, whom started with us just a few short weeks ago. Thanks for chatting with me today, Kara. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Okay. Where should we start? How about labor? Yeah, labor has been a leading challenge to economic recovery across the globe. Amidst high inflation, unionization has grown in popularity, and we are seeing that across a variety of industries. When it comes to freight, there are typically three different areas to look at. Ports, rail, and trucking, as they are all interconnected. Well, clearly this is an issue all over the world, but let's start with the U.S., shall we? Sure. Union negotiations in West Coast ports have been moving along steadily and have remained relatively quiet as of recent. However, trucking protests at Oakland, Los Angeles, and Long Beach over California's AB5 labor law caused several more slowdowns pushing container ship wait times out. Wait times increased dramatically last year and have since been elevated. More ships have been diverting to other ports, but that has caused wait times to those to increase. Marisk, a shipping logistics company, noted recently they do not expect the U.S. port situation to improve anytime soon and to plan accordingly. On the other hand, rail union workers are currently in a no-strike 60-day window as the federal government steps in to help facilitate union negotiations there. 
Prior to the government intervening, several unions voted unanimously to strike, which, if an accord is not met before the window is up, rail slowdowns are likely to occur into peak harvest season. Ugh, that sounds awful. Where else are we seeing these union strikes happening? Quite a few different places. In the EU, union strikes are also being seen across all of the UK. Rail strikes have been stopping passenger and freight rail since July, with plans for more strikes in the coming weeks. Now, union workers in Britain's largest container port, Felixstowe, voted unanimously in favor of a strike, and it appears that balloting has been proceeding in Liverpool as well. And on August 5th, strikes were held at the port of Melbourne in Brisbane for 24 hours, with smaller four-hour strikes occurring at 11 other ports across Australia. The worker unions have been in negotiations with Switzer, a tugboat operator owned by Maris Group, since their contract expired in 2019. Spitzfer went before Australia's Fair Works Commissions this past week to make a case to end the collective bargaining agreement with the unions. Now, there aren't any strikes that we know of, but New Zealand is also facing some port hiccups, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Um, Several labor shortages at major ports have led to increased vessel delays. Productivity at the port of Auckland has resulted in vessel bunching and increased expected wait times to 7 to 10 days. Container availability has also been reduced. And as we know, these labor shortages are certainly not confined to the ports there in New Zealand as dairy farmers continue to inform us how difficult it's been to find help on farm. What other obstacles are currently creating shipping delays or other concerns around the world? Heat waves and drought throughout the rest of Europe is causing river water levels to fall, impacting trade along those major routes. The Rhine River, crossing Germany and the Netherlands, is so low that freight vessels can only sail at 35% capacity at times. Vessels at the Danube River, which crosses most of Eastern Europe from Austria to the Ukraine, are backing up as they wait for channels to be dredged. Intense heat and drought has damaged Europe's domestic crop production this year, and an inability to transport grain to needy regions could lead to some large hurdles for livestock and dairy producers heading into the autumnal and winter months. Not to mention, this is especially difficult on energy as waterways are used throughout Europe for hydropower, coal transport, and nuclear reactor coolants. In the current energy crisis, low water levels could greatly hurt power generation when it's at its most critical. Overall, global water freight is facing some major challenges in the coming months, likely resulting in unrealized issues across the supply chain. Looking ahead, I don't expect freight prices to cool much anytime soon, and lengthy wait times are to be expected throughout the rest of the year. Oh boy, more challenges ahead, it sounds like. Thank you so much, Kara, for sharing all those thoughts and facts on the current world of shipping. A lot of this research you've been doing has been, of course, for our very large forecast report that we'll be putting out on Monday. You won't want to miss that one, folks. All right, that does it for today. We look forward to coming on next week to recap global dairy markets and share our worldviews with our listeners. Have a great weekend. Cheers. (laughs) 